0: Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep, the podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always, go deep. Folks, we want to do you a big, okay? We want you to go to www.smoothmyballs.com forward slash go deep. We want you to get the Turf Chopper 2.0. I'm telling you, this baby will rip through anything except your skin. That's the important part, right? Nobody wants their their beanbag nipped and chipped. You want to keep it nice and clean. Nobody likes that mobile dental floss. And when you get to the checkout, I want you to put in the words, go deep. One word, no spaces, okay? Save yourself that 15%. Your partner's going to thank you. You're going to thank us. And fuck the plumber. He's not going to like either one of us. (laughs) And folks, please don't forget, we also have our gear on the spring shop. You go to teespring.com. Or you can find all that information through our Twitter account, which is uh, at go deep at GDP three seven one nine nine five six. I know that's a mouthful. We'll be sure to share that or just search us through Google. Anyways, we have our gear up there. We have new shirts. We got new stuff on the way. Motorsports mo- mofo is really upset that we don't have his camel tail yoga pants. Ready for him yet? But uh, maybe before Christmas, we'll have that set up. We have a very special guest on the show today. Someone that's reached out that has a very inspirational story. And if this doesn't touch your heart, I don't know what's wrong with you. You probably have problems. Anyways, with that being said, on the show we have Jimmy Ronick. How are you, pal?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good, John. How are you?
0: It's a wonderful day to podcast, buddy. That's all I got to say about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: absolutely. Let's, let's. Okay. So first of all. Uh, Jimmy, you're from Tampa Bay, Florida, yes? Yes. How is it out there today? Is it nice and warm? Because I know it's not warm up here in Canada. It's a
1: little chilly. It's like 65 here today. So I 65 would, Fahrenheit. So.
0: <laughs> I would definitely switch with you in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. I bet you would, man.
0: Definitely. It's,
1: oh. I, I've been up that way. It's cold.
0: It is, man. Even in the summer, I feel like it's cold, but although our humidity sucks balls.
1: Yeah, that's why you got to get that shaving kit, right? So you can keep it nice and clean down there so you don't uh, get swampy.
0: Yeah, you don't want that extra humidity down there on your beanbag. <laughs> Right (laughs) So Jimmy uh, You got a very special story here So you contacted me on LinkedIn Which is amazing Anybody that wants to contact me You can find me at uh, GDP Just look it up there You can search me You can find me no problem You have an incredible story So your blog is From the ICU to healthy Right? Yes I probably misset said yes. that, but uh, it, it's such a crazy story. So, you were in the ICU, you were overweight, you were obese. Is this correct?
1: Yes, I was obese. 420 pounds.
0: Jesus Christ. So, what what happened that got you to the state? Can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Well, you know, it, a lot of things happened that got me to that place. But, you know, basically, it started when I was younger. I had kind of a, I mean, I guess we can say what we want. I had kind of a fucked up dad. He was an a alcoholic police officer. And, uh, you know, he'd get real fucked up and do things like shoot guns off in the house when he was arguing, you know what I mean? And always putting me down and saying, you know, I was worthless.
2: Wow. And,
1: uh, you kind of believe that, you know, when a parent tells you stuff like that, you know, you, you kind of don't really have anywhere else to look, you know, and it, when you're young, you don't realize that parents are the ones that's real fucked up. It's not you. You know, they're just projecting their self on you because they feel so horrible about themselves. But
2: Yeah, no kidding.
1: Um, for a lot of years, I, I, I kind of believed that I was worthless and that, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of self-esteem. I mean, when you allow yourself to get to that point, like I was, I was 420 pounds. I, I went into congestive heart failure. I had pulmonary edema, which is actually what caused the congestive heart failure, and then Later, they found out I had an aortic aneurysm. It's all pretty scary shit, man. Yeah, what, what is know? what
0: is that? that What do you call that, the aneurysm you were saying?
1: Yeah, okay, low, I have a, what they call a lower aortic aneurysm. And what it is is the lower aortic valve of your heart, uh, the chamber is supposed to be a certain diameter. Mine is, like, ballooned up a little bit. Basically, the doctor explained it to me, it's like, my heart's too big because, you know, my body was so big for so long yeah. that uh, it put a lot of pressure and a lot of work on that. and it swelled it up. I, I'm not in the, like the congestive heart failure was like my, the thing that put me in the ICU and on the, uh, the respirators, but.
0: Everything else was just like it, added onto it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now the aortic aneurysm, my cardiologist said that it's not a dangerous thing. They just want to keep an eye on it. Of course, he's saying a lot of different things now, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. So, you know, I was in, the, I was in intensive care. I uh, was on a up to a respirator. They was pu- they were pumping me full of uh, LASIK, which is a diuretic. It's a really strong diuretic. Okay. and within seven days in the hospital I had dropped 50 pounds it was just pure water weight because what happens with the heart failure is your your heart can't operate efficiently so it can't circulate the blood efficiently especially to your lower extremities so basically I was drowning in my own body I was building up fluid Um, my legs had ballooned up to like five times the size they were supposed to be
0: yeah
2: you
1: know and yeah it was crazy they were like It was just really bad.
0: Let me ask Um, you something, Jimmy. Were you able to walk around at that state, or were you doing more, like, rolling around in a wheelchair or using a walker or anything like that?
1: No, I wasn't really using a walker. What was happening was this, this all came, I mean, the overweight part didn't come on me all of a sudden, but like the, the congestive heart failure came on over a period of about three weeks, four weeks. And I was kind of stubborn, bullheaded. And I was, uh, I would take my daughter to school and I, and I'd walk, I'd walk her into her classroom and it was like 25 yards from her car to her classroom. And I would remember like just being frantically out of breath, but not trying to show it so my daughter wouldn't freak out and get scared and have a horrible day. So I would drop her off at class and I would turn around and I would look at the... The office was right across the street from her classroom and I would stop for like five minutes and just stand there and act like I was reading the bulletin board. You know what I mean? It was like... Because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't make the walk back.
2: Yeah. So So then when I
1: got... Enough breath caught up, I would walk back to the car and I just collapsed, you know, and stay there another five, ten minutes so I could breathe well enough to drive home.
0: That's a sin. And,
1: uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. And th- that was getting progressively difficult. And then what really set it off is we went, uh, my daughter came home one day with a, a permission slip to go to the zoo in Columbus, Ohio. And she begged me, she was young, she was like in second grade, and she, she begged me, she said, Dad, come on, you got to go. They want parents to go. So I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. I can't even walk 25 yards I'm gonna walk around the zoo all day, you know. But of course, being the dad
0: that you are you wanted to be there for her
1: i did yeah yeah so i come up with this brilliant plan man i thought i'm gonna take some cold medicine and i'm gonna get some of the really strong blue mental lip to cough drops i'm sure anybody in canada knows what those are the real strong ones that kind of burn your nose when you put them in yep and uh so I, I had a handful of these, and I got to the zoo, and I, I put them in. I'm thinking I'm going to walk. I got through the gate, man. It was 87 degrees that day in Columbus, and the humidity was about 80 percent, 85 percent. I got through the gate. My uh, heart was beating like the opening beat to Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. It was just <laughs> and you know I was gasping for air. I sat down. And yeah, we didn't even see any animals that day. I seen the, the uh, Mount Carmel Hospital.
2: Oh, shit. You know, we,
1: yeah, it sucked. It sucked really bad. And, uh, you know, the doctors told me, they said that, you know, my, my body was in such bad shape, especially being overweight and being that sick, that, you know, had I waited any longer, I, I wouldn't have made it. I would have died if I had tried to keep pushing myself to go through the zoo. So hang
0: hang on a second. Was, so you got picked yeah. up from the zoo from a paramedics or you drove to the hospital from that point? Uh,
1: drove to, I didn't drive, somebody drove me to the hospital. Yeah, it wasn't paramedic. I, I was really stubborn man i i don't like doctors i don't like hospitals and you know i like yeah. rather one of them guys that would rather not know but that was that kind of forced my hand i had to know you know it was too sick
0: so you get to the hospital so, here jimmy and you're talking to the doctor and his his eyes are ballooning out of his head and he's like i don't know you know how you didn't end up on death's doorstep but here you are yeah. you're in bad shape so this guy tells you you're morbidly obese you got type 2 diabetes you have everything under the sun and he goes this is how we're gonna fix you what 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 does he do from that point on?
1: Well, that's not really what he said. Um, he he kind of said, uh, you know, he put, they put me on an ICU and they kind of gave me uh you know, well, this is, first thing, I was a smoker, so first thing he said, you have to quit smoking or you're going to die. And I said, well, everybody's going to die. He goes, yeah, but we tell everybody to quit smoking, but I'm telling you, if you don't quit smoking with your pulmonary edema and your heart failure, you're going to die. I'm like, all right, done, you know, and put me on a patch and gave me medicine. And they kept me in the hospital it was like five or six days, which was amazing because, you know, we, I didn't have any health coverage, you know, and, and yeah. you know, like American health coverage, is yeah, they'll throw you to the curb if you're not sick enough. So yeah, that was, that spoke volumes about it. You know, I was blessed that they did that for me, but it also spoke volumes about how bad I was.
0: Yeah. It's sort so, of a double-edged sword by the sounds of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was there, you know, for the week and I was on a respirator, a ventilator, I guess they call it, oxygen, CPAP machines. I had IVs full of Lasix being pumped into me 24 seven. And, uh, it was amazing. Like I just kind of started deflating a little bit because the the fluid was leaving and they didn't really give me a I, like, this is how we're going to fix you. They said, this is how we're going to keep you alive. You're going to take this. You're going to take this. You're going to be on oxygen 24-7 when you leave here. It's four liter- milliliters. And that's how you're going to live your life with an oxygen tube. You know, you're going to, that's that's what you have to live for.
0: Jimmy, he also then also informed you at this point, as far as he's concerned, medically, you're not going to be able to work due to your conditions. Is this right. correct?
1: Yeah. They didn't think I'd ever be able to do anything again, pretty much. They said, you know, in fact, the doctor that treated me that day, he said, we're going to try to sign you up, you you know, to get you qualified as disabled. Um, You're not going to be able to work. You're you're not going to be able to leave your oxygen tank. And, you know, you're never going to be off oxygen. So pretty much they kind of sealed my fate. They said I was going to be a couch potato, which, you know, when you're 420 pounds, I I was like, well, I was 370 when I left the hospital because of the water weight. You know, and they tell you you're a couch potato. Man, they're just telling you you're just going to gain more weight because if you can't do anything but sit on the couch and breathe your oxygen, you know, the next thing you're going to do is, drag that oxygen tank to the refrigerator and you know go back to the couch
0: well yeah you'll definitely get the depression stuff for sure i can't see how you wouldn't but yeah you made note that you went from a bag of meds to nothing and in that process you started to train your mind and you used tony robbins as your your key to build your mind do you care to elaborate on that
1: yeah tony tony kind of brought it to me he uh it's kind of amazing i was sitting on the couch you can only imagine like the depression and just the hopelessness that I I was feeling back then. Um, I very rarely would even leave my house except for maybe going to the doctors or, you know, just something minor because I had to drag this tank around with me. And uh, one day I was watching one of these shows. It was like one of the afternoon talk shows. And I didn't even know who he was. You know, I, I just see this great big guy and he's talking real loud and he's waving his arms around and he's saying, you know, the stuff and the stuff he was saying, it was things I'd heard before, but the way he was saying it, like I believed it. It was like, wow. Yeah. You know, so matter of fact and so full of confidence, it was like you couldn't help but believe the guy, you know? So, like, I turned it up, and I listened to every word he said, and then I started researching him, and I started like, listening to the more things he did, and, you know, that kind of opened the doorway to everything that I started to learn. You know, I started to study uh, a lot of psychology and, um, you know, NLP, Neurolingistic Program, which is a form of hypnosis. Okay. Um, you know, I read the Bible front to back, you know, just everything I could get my hands on. TV went off, man. I, I, You know, the only time I turned the TV on from that point, Point is if I knew there was going to be something on there that could help me. You yeah. know, in fact, to this day, it's kind of funny we don't even own a TV. Wow. And, you know, I remember. I remember when I was younger, I heard people say that, and they were like, "I said, you don't own a TV? What are you crazy? You know what I mean?" It's. But yeah, I don't. I don't miss it because I'd rather read a book or listen to a podcast or something's going to help me. Yeah. But yeah, I, so Tony opened up the door and uh, it just went, it was amazing from there. And then I did something that at the time people, I thought I was going to get signed into an a mental institution. Yeah. I'm just kidding about that. But <laughs> um, I decided that, you know, and I was still in a pretty dark place, John, I was still like depressed and like my quality of life was so bad, you know, that one day I just made up this, made the decision that uh, I wasn't going to wear the oxygen no more. Oh wow! I just I took it off and uh, yeah, I never put it back on. Yeah, I struggled and I, you know, I it was it was hard and a lot of times, you know, I would I would struggle to breathe. It wasn't like when I was 420 pounds struggling to breathe, but it was. I I like to look back at that and think, you know, that that had prepared me for that when I took the oxygen off. Like I, I I was already familiar with being uncomfortable with breathing, so. Taking the oxygen off, you know, I would have bouts of like, if I'd, if I'd walk too far, too fast or something, I'd be struggling to breathe, but I would just be so used to from the past. That's what I dealt with. Yeah. That I just kind of lived with it. And I lived with it to the point where I kind of, guess my body adapted. I mean, I don't recommend anybody ever do that. That's That was a very foolhardy thing to do. And, you know, it could have went a whole different way. But like I said, I was in a pretty dark place. So at that point, I really didn't care if it went a different way. I just knew I wasn't going to drag an oxygen tank around the rest of my life at 40 years old.
0: No, I hear you. So, okay, so here you yeah. are. You got the oxygen off. You're you're in a dark place, but there's one half of you that's pumped because you've been studying, you know, Tony Robbins and all his inspirational stuff. You've been, uh, you know, doing all this stuff. How did you get from the point where you get, went from training your mind to being able to get up and putting words to actions? When did that happen there, Jimmy?
1: Um- I mean it took a few years to get to that point i mean I, I did start to try to walk before i took the oxygen off um i would walk as far as i could with the little portable tank i had you know i'd start out by walking after i'd eat dinner and i would just take a walk for a block or two and then it turned into six blocks and then it would turn into i don't know how long it went before it was a mile but you know it wasn't too long but that was all before the oxygen went off you know and then i don't know i just kept going forward you know i just i just i realized like no matter what i did as long as I was true to myself and I was heading in the right direction, there wasn't a step that was too small. You know what I mean? I knew that like, even if it was a baby step, like if it was, you know, I didn't eat something that day that I knew was bad for me, I would celebrate it like a win. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. wow, I went day and I I ate like a normal guy. I didn't have to eat like a glutton. You know what I mean? So that was something that was good. And So it kind of, my whole perspective changed as I started to, to learn and develop. You know these skills in my mind. I don't know when I if I could even tell you like when it changed to be like physical to where I went from you know just walking and trying to be normal to what I do now to where I'm lifting weights and you know like I don't know if you read in the bio I, I have a thing I call myself I go from obese to beast you know yes no I I definitely seen that I
0: think if uh, I could uh, I mean obviously I wasn't there with you but in my opinion the part where I feel like it it kind of like changed was when you wrote down those objectives like what you wanted from your life to live that self-truth. Absolutely. So I don't know if you had already dropped the oxygen at that point and you started to see a bit of a change and that's what made you write down your goals and like... Made words come to action, like I, 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 don't know, but I feel like that would have been kind of like the breaking point. No.
1: Yeah, and that's absolutely that's a great point. Like you know, when you write something down, it, you make it real. You know what I mean? Like if you say I'm gonna do this, and then yeah, you'd like to. You know, like uh, Tony Robbins has this thing, and I, I, I don't want to quote him too much because I've already, you know, kind of
2: give him a nice to, plug. You
1: know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it it can't hurt to plug a guy that's worth a billion dollars. No. But he has this thing. He says, you know, we don't get our shoulds. We get our musts. Yes. You know what I mean? And he even says like, you know, I should do this, I should do this and it's like you you should all over yourself. Yeah. You know, basically cuz you, you don't get where you want to go by saying I should. You get where you want to go by saying I must. Like like now nowadays my must are I must go to the gym and do my routine. I must run my 2 to 3 miles a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I've been sick and done that. I've been, you know, had to do it under, you know, emotional dis- distress and, you know, but I, I, that's a must for me. So I, I do that, you know? So it's funny and, that uh, you bring up
0: uh, Tony Robbins cause another person that's a motivational speaker that I absolutely adore is actually a guy out of Canada here. And I think he was in Toronto and that was, and he's worldwide famous now is Bob Prochner and he's got something kind of similar yeah. to Tony Robbins where he says like, you are what you, what you believe, like you, you are what, whatever you're in harmony with. Right. So if you're in harmony with you, you're, yeah, gonna, you're, you're shit, you're going to be shit kind of thing, right? Yep. So you yeah, clearly absolutely. you clearly got to a point where, you know, I'm good and therefore you're actually good. You know what I mean? You're actually getting better at what you're doing. You're getting well. So here, here we are today. You are healthy. I mean, for the most part, I mean, I'm sure, you know, nothing, nobody gets out of these situations completely unscathed, right?
1: I mean, yeah, I probably have little quirks I don't have diabetes anymore I went from an insulin dependent to type 2 diabetic to uh, no medication at all non-diabetic
0: that's amazing
1: which was great my doctor actually said that he's only read about that in a medical journal he's never met anybody in real life
0: you're the miracle but, man you, know, you said in your blog
1: just, yeah that's what he calls me and I think that's so funny because I was just trying to survive man I wasn't trying to do a miracle but the funny thing about that is like he takes credit for all my hard work and (laughs) I let him you know what I mean it makes him feel good it's like yeah okay you were there with me on the treadmill or under the bench press or you know reading all the books but you know I just let him do it because you know anybody that wants to every time I go to see him just constantly compliment me and say wow that's a miracle you're doing so good and then he kind of pats himself on the back but you know that's all right.
0: you know it makes him feel good. Was he the doctor that was there that decided he was going to help you regardless of your medical insurance or was this another doctor?
2: no this is another
1: doctor um that they actually had uh, given me because I didn't have a family practitioner it is funny he's a uh, uh I don't see him now because I'm not in that area anymore but um he is a uh, adult and pediatric doctor so it's like when I go into his office I'm sitting on the table and there's like a giraffe and Mickey Mouse all over the walls and it's it's pretty trippy you know it's like
0: <laughs> that sounds I, awesome
1: I just tell him I I tell him, I said, I used to be a diabetic, man. I don't need no lollipop. Just, you know, tell me I'm doing a good job and send me on my way. But, you know, he's, uh, yeah, so. Wow, it,
0: that's crazy. So, okay. Yeah. So you talked about your dad was abusive and, you know, all the stuff he did. But you also had a wife at that time prior to the wife you have now, correct? Yes. And you had a nickname yeah. for her, So we'll stick with the nickname and I'll let you. Tell me about her nickname and tell me some of the instances as you were getting empowered, as you were getting stronger, as you went from you know obese to beast. What are some of the things that she yeah, was yeah. doing while you were getting empowered?
1: I, the nickname I just made it up because I, when I wrote the blog, I didn't want to put her name in it because I didn't want to give her any credit, and I didn't want her to have any you know thing to complain about or bitch about. Yeah, but I, I and in the, in the blog I call her Beelzebub, which is another name for Satan or Lucifer, or the devil.
2: <laughs> I wasn't. You know, that, yeah. she
0: she definitely is
1: uh, if she isn't Beelzebub above the devil. She's definitely like his sister or related or something. Cause she's a pretty evil person. Um,
0: Maybe a second cousin. You know,
1: yeah. Second cousin or uh, you know <laughs> or whatever, but uh West Virginia cousin, something, I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> I better stop now. Cause I'm pretty close to Virginia down here. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway. So, you know, I mean, I was, I was doing good. I had, I'd started lifting weights a little bit. I was, I was dieting. I, I mean, I'd probably lost, I don't know, Another 45 pounds, like from the time I got out of the hospital by losing the water weight. And one day I was, I was uh, in the bathroom and I was just kind of looking at myself in the mirror, you know, it's something I kind of avoided for a long time being 420 pounds. And, uh, you know, I was starting to feel a little pride in myself. I was starting to say, wow, I'm, I'm actually doing something. This is all paying off. And she walked in the bathroom and she's looking at me. She goes, look at you. She said, uh, you've lost just enough weight to be a normal fat guy.
2: Wow. And she goes,
1: maybe, maybe if you tried really hard, you could lose. Enough weight just to be a heavy set guy i was like wow you know like somebody that is supposed to you know you're in a marriage with and they watch you almost die and and you're going in the right direction and you're you're taking pride in yourself for the first time in a long long time and then they're gonna say that to you you know that was just like wow now
0: that was please don't mind me prying but was you know yeah satan's second cousin here was she uh <laughs> Was she kind of overweight herself, and maybe she was kind of feeling like, you know, you're starting to be on the better half of things? Do you think that was something of, or do you think she's just that type of personality? Uh, I think
1: she had that type of personality. Yeah, she wasn't like a beauty queen or anything, you know what I mean? She definitely had her problems and her flaws physically, but she had a lot of other problems too, and so I think it was more she was projecting on me. Yeah, And I know that she hated the fact that I was uh, trying to better myself. Um, I mean, it was evident. I, I make the joke now to my friends, it's like, I don't know how I did that because it was like trying to stay happy and positive, like in the middle of Vietnam, because it was just constant, you know, ragging on me and, and you know, nastiness and, and you know, everybody has two sides of every story, but obviously, of but uh, yeah, she was very non-supportive. And, you know, I stayed in that marriage for a long time because of my daughter. I felt that was the right thing to do. Um,
0: I think a lot of people get caught up in that way.
1: Yeah. Well, my ex-wife, and I hate to say this, it, but it's the truth. Like she's not working yet. She hasn't worked since, you know, we've been apart. She had like no survival skills. So here I had a kid with this person that just refused to do anything except for live off of me.
2: Oh, wow. And it was like,
1: well, if I, if I leave, what am I going to do? I can't leave my daughter like this you know what I mean? So I stayed in that situation till my daughter was 19. And uh, I always like to use the the reference of the Shawshank Redemption. It was like, I feel like I tunneled my way out of that. You know, I started planning it like two years ahead of time. And, you know, I tunneled out and left the dirt in the yard, you know, and and just left, you know, and it was, it was a really good feeling. But yeah, I stayed, I stayed 19 years to make sure my daughter was okay. And, and, you know, now she's with her mom and she's really not okay. So we're, uh, sure gonna go up and get her and bring her down to Florida and set her up in a place to live so Jesus. hopefully that works out. You've yeah. had
0: like you yeah. really have had the cards dealt against you in a lot of ways there Jimmy.
1: Yeah but you know what I wouldn't trade it for anything because uh, you know you develop character when you're uncomfortable and, and when you go through hard times you definitely steel is portion in fire man it's not made when it's nice and cozy true. So I, I love it I mean at the time I didn't love it at the time you know this, the shit I went through I, I, I would always say why me why me you know and it's like but now it's like try me i don't care what are you gonna do to me you know it's It's uh, that mental strength you've built yeah it is. It's like a callus, you know, it's just like, it's like lifting weights that you do 10 reps one week and the next week you're doing 11 and it's pretty easy. Then you're doing 15, you know, it's, it, it just gets easier and easier. Definitely. Um, well, this, this... I got a funny story when I was dealing with Beelzebub or, you know, his second cousin or whatever, you know, and I was <laughs> really focusing, I was really focusing on getting, making my life better. And she was just nasty after nasty after nasty. And it was, it was pretty horrible. So I came up a, with a plan one day while I was at work. I, uh, Grabbed a set of headphones The, the Bluetooth headphones Yeah Now you gotta imagine I'm a, three, I'm a 300 pound guy I would wake up in the morning And and this is something I recommend to anybody In fact Try it tomorrow John You'll love it It's great Okay So put on a pair of headphones Get some like I don't know Play that funky music White boy was a good one Or you know Crazy old songs like that Yeah Put that shit in the headphones and just rock out and dance, man. I would do that shit to her. I would I would dance. Sometimes I'd even freak dance up on her just to piss her off, <laughs> you know? And yeah. she would just get so irate. But that's how I dealt with it because I would just... Keep the headphones on. And when I wasn't listening to Tony Robbins or, or, you know, somebody like Bob Proctor or Les Brown, I was listening to crazy dance music and I would snap my fingers and shake my ass in front of her. And, and, you know, I was laughing my ass off because I knew how ridiculous it was. But, you know, she was just getting red in the face and veins popping out and (laughs) just hating her life.
0: Well, you know, outside of the obvious great inspiration of you going from, you know, obese to beast and you having to deal with uh, Satan's um, second cousin there's another good thing that came out of this now you met another woman that's now your wife now how did that all come about
1: oh that's amazing yeah i uh i met her at the gym of all places and uh yeah man she's she's the best you know it's like uh we have such a connection in fact she's sitting here with me right now she always does when i do a podcast that's amazing and, uh, Yeah, and you know it's it's amazing that the difference between like somebody who loves you and cares about you and somebody who's just along for the ride. You know what I mean? Like my wife loves me. You know she. I know
2: she does.
0: What an amazing! And, uh, uh, what an amazing! Like I mean, obviously there's still stuff you're working on, and you, you're constantly working on your stuff. But you know the two big things you got out of it is you got your health and your life back. And when you're yep. well, while you're doing that. You also got you know, the love of your life at the same time. So you got all these big positives as well as you put away a lot of the the big negatives, all the stuff like from between childhood to like an abusive ex-wife. I mean you have a daughter and you're still working on that process of, you know, helping her get her her foot in the door and figure her life out. Right. Now with all that being said you're lifting weights. You're doing this. What does Jimmy do for fun? Because it sounds like you're doing a lot.
1: You know what? I do all kinds of stuff for fun, man. I live in Florida. I just live in Fun Central. Like uh, I'm sitting there talking to you right now, and I'm looking at. I live on a lake, and I'm I'm thinking as soon as I hang up, I might go do some fishing. I don't know, but oh yeah, I do a little fishing. You know, we uh, we ride the scooter around Florida, like you know, like the typical old guy. We like to go dancing down at the beach clubs, and you know, it's just a my life is so different, and I'm so blessed. It's like I wake up every day, and I'm just just glad
0: to be me that's amazing what is one thing that you can do now that you couldn't do when you're morbidly a beast and you didn't realize how much you missed it until you were able to do it again i don't know
1: how how pg you are at the show here but go deep i'm a newlywed so i'm doing a whole lot of fucking you know
0: (laughs) that's amazing i love it I think everybody no, I else will in love in it, too.
1: Marriage. I was in a marriage, bad marriage for a long time, and I was in a pretty much a sexless marriage for most of it. So, like, I'm 55 years old, my wife's 45, and, yeah, she taps out before I do most of the time.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> so you definitely uh, need your uh, prescription for uh, smoothmyballs.com forward slash go deep. Get yourself a 15% discount because she doesn't want that moment. Yeah, I'm going right
1: after we am going right after we get done.
0: <laughs> uh, Jimmy, before we sign off, how can people... people... People find you so they can... Uh, maybe contact you or just even look at your blog? You
1: know what? I, I would love it to, if anybody wanted, wanted some help that wanted to contact me, Um, I can, you can reach me at my uh, Gmail address. It's Jimmy and I can spell it out. Probably should because the last name is kind of long. It's sure. J-I-M-M-Y R-O-E-N-I-C-K at gmail.com. Um, you could contact me at my Facebook page Motivation and Coaching by Jimmy and uh, yeah, anybody that, that needs some help, have them contact me. Um, I'd be glad to help. I'm actually working on something right now that I, I worked on um it kind of got me into running which you can imagine a, a, a former fat guy isn't real fond of running but I also have a little bit of a musical background so I know how to use like a, a porta studios and things like that multi-tracks okay so I'm working on something right now I use it on myself I haven't tried it with anybody else yet but basically it's a, a subliminal a track where it's layered it's layers of tracks with positive affirmations with like a music track or an ocean track over top of it so you don't. hear the positive affirmation so it slips through your conscious mind into your subconscious wow because you know that's what that's what runs all our programs anyway yeah our subconscious allows us to drive a car tire shoes everything we've ever learned is in our subconscious so you know like when you do think something that feels uncomfortable to you your subconscious mind screaming we don't do this let's stop doing this this isn't what we do you know that's because that's what what's been fed into it all the, the years as you've developed you know who you are yeah So I found it like this, this really works because before I met my wife, I was running quite a bit. And, uh, then I decided I wanted to get bigger, you know, stronger. So I I dropped the running for about a year and, uh, one day my wife says why don't you run no more I want to run and I'm saying I don't know I wanted to get bigger you know I don't want to defeat the purpose so which is really a mind fuck when you think about it when a guy goes from being 420 pounds to losing a bunch of weight and then wants to get bigger it's really hard to shift those gears but yeah, yeah but anyway that would
2: be, uh, so it, was,
1: it is weird but it was like a year later after I hadn't run in over a year and she said that to me and I walked into the gym I got right on the treadmill and ran three miles like it was nothing same speed everything and that's because I tried this program that I developed and it I just put it into my subconscious that I love to run. You know what I mean? So huh. and I know I really, I don't think I really do, but my mind thinks I do. So I do it.
0: <laughs> That's actually really inspirational. I could probably use that myself, you know, with this, uh, yeah, yeah. this winter stuff that we have coming up towards us. It's easy to kind of like slip into the house, have a beer and fucking sit on the couch. You know what I'm saying? So well, you
1: got to hibernate. That's what you Canadians do, man. You got to put on the winter weight so you can stay warm,
0: you know, and grow the facial hair. We kind of look like goofs. Some of us. <laughs>
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Utes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We got the hockey team this year, though, man, down here in Tampa. I don't know how that happened. We must have a lot of Canadians down here playing for uh, the Lightning. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you got Stephen Stamkos and company. And uh, Stephen Stamkos is a Markham, uh, Ontario Canadian boy. So you have him yeah. running your team and uh, he's fantastic when he's not injured. Of oh course. my
1: God, they're amazing. Yeah, they're amazing.
0: I mean, it's not the Maple Leafs, but we seem to, for some reason, on the Maple Leafs like to hire Americans. So <laughs> go figure, right?
1: Yeah, what's, why do they do that? Is it some kind of equal opportunity thing, that, or is it like uh, they have to hire so many like I don't know disabled players or something? Or what's going on there?
0: <laughs> well, you know Austin Matthews <laughs> is pretty fantastic, and he's not disabled. But uh, whenever he gets I hurt, know, he, I'm he definitely uh, seems, no, no, for sure he seems like uh, Sidney Crosby in his day when he he spent more time on the bench. Hurt than he did on the ice skating, scoring right.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I used to, I used to live in Detroit, and and I lived in Detroit when the Red Wings were the reigning champions.
2: Okay, yeah. And
1: then I moved, I moved down here, and uh, then now it's Tampa Bay as the reigning champions. But a little side note, I mean, it has nothing to do with weight loss or inspiration or anything. But I met, uh, I don't know if you remember Dominic Cossack, the yep. goalie for the Red Wings.
0: Yep, he was amazing, amazing,
1: amazing goalie. Yep. And uh, I actually did some work for him when I was when I was up there and it was funny because I had three phone numbers to contact him and his work phone number was Joe Louis Arena. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah.
0: that would be pretty interesting.
1: I was pretty pissed off though when he left because I was like, I'm going to call this dude and say, "Dude, don't leave. What's up with that?" You know. But
0: you couldn't get in contact. He was man. a
1: nice guy. Yeah, I, I didn't want to get a stalker charge, man. So I
0: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you're absolutely a treat to talk to, and I hope that uh, later down in the future we can have you back on the show with maybe some someone else that needs some of your inspiration, just in case they're not able to find you or reach you.
1: Anytime, John. I'd love that. That'd be
0: awesome, folks. Once again, don't forget go to SmoothMyBalls. .com. Forward slash go deep and at the cash register when you get that turf chopper 2.0 you you're looking for a discount we got one it's 15 the code word is go deep all one word no capitals just for you and we have our stuff at the spring store it's amazing it's going to be some new stuff mofo's upset once again we don't have that yoga pants for him yet but don't worry we'll get it for you there <laughs> mofo we know how much it upsets you not to show your camel tail uh jimmy roenick you're an absolute treat to talk to and i'm so thankful you were able to make it
1: thank you sir it was great to be here I- Enjoyed
0: it. We'll hope to have you back soon. Go deep. Go deep.
2: Go deep. This is Go Deep
0: Productions. Thank you for listening to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at Go Deep the Podcast at gmail.com. And remember always go deep.